Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to Buckethead. This is episode 93. My name is Connor Lamans. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Golba. It's Feast Week, Justin. This is one of the best sports weeks of the year. You have all of the big um, invitational tournaments going on in college basketball. You've got Maui. I think Battle for Atlantis starts this week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, of course, the uh, the biggest one of all is the Emerald Coast Classic that everybody waits for all year long, as well as NFL football is still overlapping. You've got all kinds of stuff to watch. But I have a feeling that you have something to talk about that has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah, Connor, I'd like to make an apology. Um, I kind of died on the hill this offseason, if, if you listen to this podcast, that I think Michigan State is going to win the conference. I no longer believe Michigan State is going to win the conference. I'm not even positive Michigan State's a good team at this rate. Um, I don't think they're a bad team, Connor, Uh, but they need A.J. Hogard to, first of all, apparently relearn how to play basketball, and they need to learn how to shoot the ball. Um, I'll keep it short on this one, but, uh, after watching Purdue, we're currently watching Purdue play Gonzaga at the Maui invite. And while Zach Eady has been underwhelming to say the least, uh, Purdue is still playing a pretty good game against Gonzaga. Purdue is by far the best team in this conference. It's actually, it's, it's, it's substantially not even close. And I would like to apologize to the Purdue fans that I've picked Michigan state. And I think Michigan state fans would agree with me. That's I'm going to, I'm going to, um, find the Kermit the Frog meme where he's like sipping the tea in the, like with the sunset behind him. And I'm going to put my face over it. And every time that you tweet about Michigan state from the Bucketheads account, I'm just going to quote tweet it with that meme. That's what I think I'm going to do. Hey, look, Connor, sometimes we're all wrong, right? Sometimes you think Wisconsin is going to suck um, and win the big 10. Sometimes I think Michigan state's going to win the big 10 and they suck. Who knows? Uh, it's early and I haven't had any bad takes yet. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just say that I have not been wrong yet this season. But, I, no, was, uh, I don't remember you being pretty high on the hill hey, about Maryland with me. I don't know about that. Hey, one. it's it's there's there's still plenty of time for Maryland. I'm not there jumping isn't. ship on the. I'm not <laughs> I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping ship on the turtles yet. Um, Forty-seven to sixteen at one point, Villanova led Maryland. Listen, death taxes in Maryland. Maryland getting their shit kicked in in the first couple weeks of the season. Didn't <laughs> they lose to UCLA last year by like twenty-eight or something to start the season? Sure. I don't know. No, no, like they did. That was that was a rhetorical question. They did. Like they last did. year, they lost it. They lost to UCLA by like twenty seven, like the first week of December. And I was like, holy hell, this is a bad team. And they were fine. They're fine. Um, 
where was I going with this? Oh, yes. During the Michigan State, um, I think it was the Butler game. I was watching them play Butler. And I'm pretty sure the broadcast said, like, at the time, A.J. Hogard was shooting, like, Bad. 19% overall and, like, hadn't hit a three yet. And I know it's only through, like, three or four games. But, like, if you are shooting 19%, that's a pretty specific number. It means that you have taken enough shots, like, right. through four yeah. games. It's not like, like, it's not like, oh, he's shooting 20% this year because he's two for 10. Like 19, 19 is like, (laughs) means he's probably taken a lot of shots and he's missed a lot of them. Um, I've never thought he was, I've never thought he was that great. Like he's a good defensive player, I think, question mark, but um, I've just never thought he's that great. So when people were like, Oh, Tyson Walker and AJ Hogarth, like that's one of the best backcourts in the country. I'm you don't, say, like, you don't oh, get out and say people. I said it. You know, it's let's, me. Let's let's just chill on that a little bit. But I'm um, the problem. It's me. I know. Yeah, and that that's that was an overreaction by you, Justin. That was an overreaction um, by AJ Hogarth and, and Tyson Walker. What a transition, Connor. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, we can we can start with that, Justin. I have an idea. Justin uh, has an idea to put me on the spot since I typically put him on the spot. It's not really putting you on the spot either because it's it's a, it's a fun little tradition, not tradition, um, but like, you know, you can't really be wrong with these. So that's why it's fun. So what I'll do is I got four questions lined up and we're about through two weeks of college basketball now. Uh, this is where people like to really overreact and say things that don't make any sense. So what we'll do is I'm going to give you four questions and I just want you to say whether you think it's overreaction or not. Okay. So is it a, is it a statement or a question? I guess it's both. Okay. It, there's statements okay. and questions. There's one question, two oh. statements, I guess you'd say. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, the first one is related to our Ohio State Buckeyes. And I actually can back this up. This isn't just me being positive. Is Ohio State the second best team in the Big Ten? Is that an overreaction? If I say Ohio yeah, State is the second best team in the Big Ten. Yes, that is an overreaction. I think that's a huge overreaction. Overreaction. <laughs> My follow-up there would be, who is? <laughs> um, is that your second question, or does that go with the first one? That goes with the first one. Um, let me look up the Big because, Ten standings, because so off the top of right my head, now, I would really have to... Right now, the top two teams in the Big Ten, barring Purdue, since this game isn't over, so as of Monday at 5.50 p.m. Eastern Time, if you're timestamping this, the two top teams in the Big Ten standings lies are Nebraska and Penn State. They're five and zero and four and zero. I think okay. we can agree as a group that's not the two early, best teams in the Big Ten. Right, right. Early on, it's like, have <laughs> you watched any of these teams? Who have they played? Do, do, do they look good? Purdue's um, third, so I'll give them that. They're three and zero. Hopefully, going to four and zero after this Gonzaga per- game. Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten. Yes, no, um, bar none. Yes, but then who is? Is it Illinois? I wouldn't say they've looked amazing. Indiana looked. I would say. I would say. Bad. I would say Michigan, but they just lost to Long Beach State, who then just lost to Illinois State. I would say it's either Michigan State or Iowa. Um, so we can still maybe put Michigan State there. Iowa, yeah, like Iowa's I, the one I, because Iowa they haven't played anybody of they haven't beaten anybody. I should say they lost to Creighton, but looked okay doing it. So yeah. But I'll, like, I'll, like, I, I would put Creighton in the same kind of vein as A and M, maybe a little better, maybe a little better. No, definitely, definitely better, but better, but definitely not, better, not crazy better. So I never thought that Michigan State 
was going to be a bad team. I always thought they were going to be a very good team. I just didn't think they were of the same caliber as Purdue. Um, so like Michigan State has looked a little sus um, through for a, a few games, but they have played mostly like elite competition, um, save for James Madison. Although James Madison is like, we don't they were ranked. Games. I think, did they, did James Madison lose? Did they lose already? We got to talk about James Madison. We, we have to. Um, <laughs> anyway, James Madison is like, they're, when they lost to James Madison, at first it was like, oh, that's a disaster. But then they got ranked. So like, they're like teetering on being a ranked team. So like, even that's like, not like a horrendous loss. Um, I still think Michigan State's good. Um, maybe they're the second best. Maybe Iowa, just because like I also watched the Creighton game. That was one of the most fun games I watched this year. That yeah, was that was just that was that was a that was that was a definition that, of it can be a sprint and a marathon somehow. That was just that was just roll the ball out there and let them run. Um, Iowa's offense. I need to pull up Iowa and see how many points they're averaging per game because I'm pretty sure I've checked in on Iowa. Yeah, yeah. So like they have the offense. So they they've scored this year 110, 98, 84, and 88. Um. I don't think Ohio State has scored 80 in a game yet. So you would like to think that if they're scoring 110 against a really bad non-conference, I don't expect Iowa to score 110 against anybody in the Big Ten, but you'd like to think that their offense will um, carry over and like that they're still going to have a very complete and potent offense in the Big Ten. If they're not scoring 110, maybe they're like scoring 80 consistently so I, I i think that iowa's look really good even though they did lose to creighton but we both have creighton in our final four so like not gonna knock iowa for losing to creighton very true okay so so, so we'll say roundabout answer is yes state. yes overreaction ohio state okay where would you put ohio state as right now that's not even part of this i'm just curious same as we had them fourth or fifth um that's so um uh, let me look. I mean technically right now they're ninth. That's just because they've only played there's like I mean three and one, but I would put them again, it's like I kinda you kind of throw the records at the window so far just because teams have yeah. been playing crappy tweens. I would put them behind Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois, Iowa. Mm, maybe fifth TBD on TBD on Indiana and Wisconsin. Um, well, that's going to lead somewhere to the like, next question quite well. So. Somewhere in somewhere in like five to seven, I think. Okay. Very fair. All right, my next one. If you are an Indiana fan, it's time to press the panic button on making the tournament. <laughs> I worded that kind that. of weird, but is Indiana a tournament team? It, I, okay, I'll say this. Indiana is not a tournament team. Is that an overreaction? That is that is also an overreaction. Yes, I think they are a so, team. So Indiana so far this year, they're three and one. They're currently playing Louisville. They're up by three early in the second half. They beat Florida Gulf Coast by six at home. Florida Gulf Coast just lost to Norfolk State. Uh, they beat Army by eight. They beat Wright State by nine without Trey Calvin, who averages twenty eight points a game. Tanner Holden, Tanner, Tanner Holden, Holden had like twenty five in that game. 24, 8, and 8, yep, which is going to play into my next point. Tanner uh, Holden. And uh, they lost to UConn by 20 in what was a tough-to-watch game. UConn just suffocated the life out of them. Now, the thing about Indiana all season was, okay, we don't know really what they're doing lineup-wise because they got a lot of big guys, but they got a lot of talented big guys, okay? 
Connor Wright State out rebounded them. Is that is that a panic button type thing? By five. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's like panic button, but I don't know I if think, they do well. I really don't. I don't. I yeah yeah. I well, it was kind of like what we talked about weeks ago about Indiana was just like, where do you look? Like, where is the consistency in their lineup? Yeah. Like, where is like? I'm not even talking about like who is the guy. I mean, just like consistency, like Xavier Johnson, I guess is like, he's a, he's a guy that you can, you can depend on. I don't know if you want him to be like your best player, but like, where is the consistency? Like, Oh, we can even just saying we can rely on this guy for like 10 points, like probably Xavier Johnson. Who picked probably, up three fouls in the first eight minutes against UConn. <laughs> probably like Kalel Ware. Yeah, I think Kalel Ware, but like beyond that, like who can you even look at on Indiana and be like, yeah, I can depend on them for like a, at least like 10 points a game. I don't think you can depend on Mackenzie and Baco for that yet. Or like Malik Renew or Trey Galloway. Or I like, there's just not very much like consistency there. So like you said, they're not a tournament team or like that's the stance. I think like 10 and 10 in the big 10 probably, probably makes the tournament question mark. And I feel like Indiana can scrape that together with this team. So I don't think, I don't think they're in that danger zone of not being a tournament team yet. But boy, it's yeah, a little suspicious. Little suspicious. I will say their first four games in December: uh, Maryland, who isn't looking as tough as they were, but then Michigan, Auburn, Kansas. So we're gonna learn a lot about them in that four-game stretch. I think. See, um, like, I think I think they could win all those games, but Kansas, hypothetically, like I potentially. Think, yeah, Auburn's no, Auburn's nothing special. Michigan is a very big question mark, and yeah, Maryland stinks. So I do agree. They could also they could also, they could also they could also as I said they also yeah. could lose all those games. That's why we're gonna learn about them. That's why we're gonna learn. They could they, win. They're gonna lose. They the could win them. by eighty-five. Kansas is going to beat the brakes off them. Kansas is looking that is correct. That's but, correct. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah. Okay. So my third one. Doug McDaniel is the best guard in the Big Ten. Is that an overreaction? Yeah, that is an overreaction. Yeah. So I will say, yeah. early on this season, Doug McDaniel is averaging 21 a game, about three and a half rebounds, six assists. Uh, he's shooting 52% from the floor on 15 attempts. Uh, he's shooting somehow 41% from three on seven attempts a game. That's elite. And 85% from the free throw line. So Doug McDaniel has been pretty much the reason Michigan has started how they've started. Obviously, you would look at Tyson Walker as pretty much keeping Michigan State afloat at this point, and Boo Booey is all of Northwestern. So there is all of those things as well. But um, I would agree this is an overreaction. But I'll say this: Doug McDaniel's looked phenomenal to start the season. DMV guy, yeah. Oh, the, never, um, never doubt the DMV guys. That's all I'm gonna say. Those, no, I mean, I could be wrong, but pretty confident in saying all of those numbers you listed, um, except maybe rebounds, those are all going to go down at oh, least yeah. somewhat. Like they played UNC they Asheville. He's an all American. So, right. They, he, they played UNC Asheville, which are they out of the Big South? Question mark. Um, sounds either that or the Big Sky. Or is that TV? I, hold on. Hold on. Big, the Big Sky is a conference. It's got like Montana and stuff. Right. Um, I think it's also UNC Asheville. Yeah, Big South. Um, Big South. Uh, they played UNC Asheville, Youngstown State, Long Beach State, which they lost, <laughs> yeah, and, <that's> <laughs> and St. John's. And 
and they beat St. John's, which I don't know what to do with St. John's quite yet. Um, they might stink. But like Doug McDaniel, yeah, Doug McDaniel is really good. And Michigan could get lucky because since Doug McDaniel is so small, like he's like, I think he's listed as six foot, but he's he's not six feet tall. He's like maybe five ten, five eleven. Um, it's it's tough to get drafted when you're like five ten, five eleven, and like you know a buck sixty five, a buck seventy five. So like they could potentially get lucky where like Doug McDaniel, you know, averages. 16 or 17 points per game this year is like second all you know second team all big 10 but like has like no nba draft stock and ends up coming back for like two more years because like why not if it's that or the g league but um tyson walker is better than him no offense uh terrence shannon is better than him boo boo is better than him um we'll see as time goes on i think bruce thornton is probably better than him so He's, that, might be, that might be a little bit of a hot take. It's a, it's this is a, the Big Ten's a guards league now, and I think Doug McDaniel might be like the fourth or best, fourth or fifth best guard in the league. Interesting. Okay, so overreaction on that one. Three for three so far on overreactions, um, which I kind of figured. I mean, that's the kind of the point of this game is to you know calm down some of the the early talk. Okay, and um, my last one is kind of to the same point. Michigan is a better team without Hunter Dickinson. Mm. I don't think that's an overreaction. Yeah, I think it's right, true, and I can't right give a reason. Now. <laughs> like, check back with me in, like, late January. And if Michigan is, like, if Michigan is, like, Six and uh, if they're like four and seven in the Big Ten, then I would say, okay, just kidding. No, no, they're not better without him. But um, I can tell you, I have friends that are Michigan grads who, you know, have season tickets. And basically, what I have been told about Michigan and this, the kind of offense they want to run is it's a tough to have Hunter Dickinson on the team if you don't surround him with good shooters. Mm-hmm. because teams like basically like last year's team, when they didn't have very many good shooters, they didn't need to respect, like they didn't have to respect, like um, I'm trying to, um, Jawan's son, was it Jet or Jace? I get the name. It was Jet, right? Jet, Jet went to yeah. the league. Yeah, Jet went like, to the league. They didn't have to respect Jet Howard or Doug McDaniel or Terrence Williams when the ball went to Hunter because they weren't consistent. Yeah. And so the whole Michigan offense is just like dump the ball down to Hunter and see if he can score with the left-handed hook over like four defenders. It's pretty um, So I was told that now it's Michigan not, that Michigan is having a better they're running a better offense now allegedly because they have big athletic guys that can kind of shoot and it's not getting as stagnant and stuck on Hunter Dickinson now they did just lose to Long Beach State. Um, and I think their mascot is the dirt bags, which is really funny. Um, <laughs> so they did just lose to Long Beach State. So again, check back in like January. And if it's like an absolute dumpster fire, then I would go back and say like, nope, just kidding. They need him back. But uh, for now, I would say no, that's not an overreaction. Yeah, it's funny. I had this idea to do this on this podcast. And I came up with that question before the Long Beach State game. And I just haven't adjusted it. Uh, I kind of just assumed they'd win that game. Um, so I thought they'd be four and zero when I asked that question, but it, the point still does remain. They looked really good through three games. 
And I mean, people were like almost ranking them, you know. So I do have a fifth one because uh, okay. I want I want to start and end with an Ohio State one. Is an overreaction to say this is the last season we are going to get Roddy Gale in Columbus? Yes, I, I think that is. I, I, I think that is an overreaction. I agree. Um, I was thinking about that earlier today, actually, as I do, I think about Ohio state basketball when I'm driving my car throughout through the city. It's like um, behavior when I'm on, when on, the, I'm, on when this I'm, week specifically thinking about Ohio state basketball is psychotic behavior. <laughs> you know, I'm walking through the office at work. I'm like driving from Kroger back to my house. I was thinking, I was thinking about how last year about in December, we wrote an article about, could we lose Malachi Branham after he had like one game where he scored 20 points and people were like, you guys are crackheads. And then he was a first-round pick. I basically um, said we were crackheads for that take. Yeah, I was wrong about that one, too. And, and now Roddy Gale scored, like, I think at least 13 points in, like, three of the four games. And I was thinking, could you? Could we also lose Roddy Gale? But um, then I just thought of, like, how many other college sophomores are also averaging, like, 13 or 14 points at this point of the season and are shooting, like, 35% from three and, like, also make boneheaded turnovers sometimes. And I was like, uh, I, I just don't know if what Roddy Gale is doing sticks out all that much on the national like landscape. Like, I don't think he jumps off the page quite as much to everybody else as he does to Ohio State fans. So, no, I, I don't think he's gone. Unless he keeps this up all year. If he averaged like 15 points a game, maybe. Yeah, I think I think right now, I don't have a pull up in front of me, but I, I don't know his points, but I know he's averaging like, uh, like seven rebounds and six assists a game or something. If he can 14 keep that, fourteen point eight points, six point eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, stay uh, ready, so you don't have to get re- stay ready, so you don't have to get ready, man. Keep the stats up. He needs shooting thirty one percent from three. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, those numbers don't. The assist numbers are lower than I thought, so that doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't jump out at on the page at you. Um, so yeah, I was just curious because that was a conversation I saw in the Ohio state community during the game, during the Western Michigan game. Um, but I do agree. I don't think that, uh, he's Graham. Mike goes to Gonzaga. Kidding. Sorry. Yeah. Which, where was he at before Wyoming? Yeah. Wyoming. I didn't know he went to Gonzaga. I thought he graduated. I he well, um, anyway, Roddy, Roddy will put his name in the draft though. Um, oh, for sure. There's no, and there's no, and I've said this for years. There's literally no downside to doing that. So I think everybody should do it every year. Like just do it. There's no downside would to getting be, feedback. So would, would be a little surprised if he stayed in. I like and I'm not I'm not even the smartest. Like there are so many people that know more about basketball and college basketball and the transition to the NBA than me. But like for one thing that I can see is that his three-point shot is very slow. It is. Like his his release, his catch and release, he doesn't do a ton off the dribble. His his release on a three is very slow. And maybe against Western Michigan, when you're shooting over a guard who's like six two, you can get away with that. But I feel like when you're yeah, in the NBA, against Drew, yeah, against Drew Holiday and Tyrese Holiday, right, right. In the NBA, you're not you're not going to be able to get that shot off. Um, he also with the ball in his hands, he's averaging I think four assists, which is great for him. But he's also averaging basically three turnovers a game, and they're mostly like just head scratching, like mental. Like every time Roddy Gale turns the ball over, I look over at Jake Diebler. A uh, friend of the pod, Jake Diebler, and his yeah. hands are always on his temples, like rubbing his head. Like, why did you do that? He had a turnover at the end of the first half of the uh, either the Merrimack game or the Western game. It might have been Merrimack, where he like 
tried. There's like five seconds left. Ohio State definitely could have inbounded the ball, taken a few dribbles to half court and gotten up like a, a shot with a prayer. But Roddy tried to inbound it all the way to the other side of the floor and just threw like an absolute like Zach Wilson floated up in the air pass that like the other team just jumped up and tipped away. And it was a turnover to end the half. And Diebler was just like rubbing his head. Like, why would you, why would you even do that? And so some there's, there's stuff that Roddy definitely needs to work on still. That's all I got. Hello. Yep. You still there? Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's all I got. Um, let me see. I, while you were talking, I was looking at standings. I could give you one or two. Here's one. Is this an overreaction? Um, Nebraska is going to make the NCAA tournament. I was, I was going to ask that. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, was the, was, that, how'd you word the question? Um, it's a statement. Nebraska is going to make the NCAA tournament. No. So that's not an overreaction. You're saying I'm saying they won't make the tournament. Oh, okay. I was asking. Okay, it was always that an overreaction. So, okay, Nebraska. I think they might be higher in Ken Palm than Ohio State is right now. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. Um, but they are. Let me look. I feel like they're right around the same. Ohio State is fifty three. Nebraska is forty six. I I feel like Nebraska does this a lot. They start the season ten and one, nine and one because they didn't play anybody with a. I mean, they've beaten Lindenwood, Florida A and M, Ryder, Stony Brook. And they beat Oregon State by 20, but Oregon State is in a dismal place right now. So, I mean, they just, they play, and they don't, they're not going to lose. I mean, they played they play Duquesne, Fullerton. They do play Creighton, uh, which is pretty cool, actually. I don't remember them doing that every year. They they're going to get sand, they're going they to get sandblasted by. Well, they're going to get blasted four games in a row because they play Creighton. Then they're at the barn at Minnesota. I think Minnesota beats them. Then they get Michigan State and Kansas State. They're going to lose all four of those games. Maybe, maybe they beat Minnesota, but at the bar, and I'll take, I'm, I might take the Gophers there. So they could very easily go from seven and zero to seven and four. I just, I just don't know how many Big Ten games they're going to win. As low as I am on like Maryland and on, you know, like some of these teams now, I still think they're better than Nebraska. You know, even like I was drinking the Minnesota Kool Aid for a second, and then they lost to Missouri. But um, I don't know. I don't think they're a tournament team though. No, if they are. Okay. They have to probably Keep going. go. Yeah, I'm trying to think. They probably have to go 12 and 8 in conference. And I just, yeah, I don't see it. To, to overcome the lack of wins against good teams in the non conference. Right. Yeah. Cause they'd have no, a barring they don't beat a Kansas State or a Creighton. Like if they beat Creighton, I'm out the window on this. They're, <laughs> they're different. And even if they beat a Kansas State, they're different. And Purdue still can't shoot, by the way. Um, so if they do all if they do any of those things, then this is a completely different conversation because they have those kinds of wins. But if their best non-conference win going into like, let's say they're on the bubble is Florida A and M or Lindenwood, you know you got to win a lot of conference games and they'll have their chances to get quality wins. But then you run into the issue of okay, the Big Ten really does stink this year, which it might. How many quality wins are you even getting in the Big Ten? You know, and and that's you know normally that's not an issue you have to worry about. So that's where it gets kind of interesting with this conversation. Okay, then here's another one that I thought of while we were talking about, you know, His Holiness Roddy Gale, Roderick Gale Jr. Um, does Ohio State have the best bas- backcourt combo in the Big Ten? No. 
Um, <laughs> now that now that you've had some time to really watch AJ Hogard, right? Does Ohio, yeah. State, well, does Ohio State have the best uh, two guards duo? And Coleman Hawkins is not a guard, so he doesn't count. He's been kind of not great so far to start the year, anyway. Um, no, but I will say, Terrence Shannon and uh, their freshman Dre Lawhorn could be the answer. Um, no, I don't think they do. I think they need to just be a little more consistent. I think, um, Tyson Walker and Boo Boo and maybe on their own make up like that backcourt of uh for Northwestern with Boo Boo and Ryan Langborn has been really, really good. Um, kind of been winning Northwestern games, so they're up there. I still think the backcourt of Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith is still really good. I just think they need to figure some things out. They, he just, you know, he's having some freshman pains. Um, and then when it comes to Michigan State, the question is, is it Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard, or could you even argue it's Tyson Walker and Jay Nakins? Both haven't been great. but um, And then also, I think we're kind of forgetting, again, the best team in the conference. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer have both seems to imp- improved from last year. Braden Smith has looked really, really good. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, I I think there's very, very much a chance that they will come January, February. But right now, I'll say it's it's probably an overreaction. What's funny is um, a couple nights ago, you know, as I do in my spare time, I, I, I recognize that Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale together are at, we're averaging and they still are about 30 points per game together. 30, 31.1, sorry, 30.1 is what they're averaging together. And I thought, huh, that's got to be the highest. It's got to be the highest, right, in the uh, in the conference as far as backcourt duos, right? The problem is when I looked, Tyson Walker by himself was averaging 27. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, then I was like, ah, shit. Well, that ruins the article because you can just do Tyson Walker and then insert any other Michigan State guard, Hogard, Aikens, even like Trey Holloman, and they are going to be higher than 30.1 because Tyson Walker was averaging 27 by himself. I was like, yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, Tyson Walker is has been phenomenal. That's really the only way to put it. Okay, so we got we got like the Big Ten sh- wrap around shoot around um, there. I guess this isn't a isn't an overreaction or not. I did want to talk about um, basically could Ohio State actually end up because you had them finishing fourth, I had them finishing fifth. Could it be, could Ohio State actually finish like second, third, fourth, something like that? Not because like of, not because what we thought about Ohio State is different than what they have been. Like assuming that what we thought about Ohio State preseason is the same as it's been, same as expected. Could they finish up in that top four because some of these other teams that we thought were going to be better are not nearly as good as we thought they were going to be? Like, is this a big 10 where they could end up with like seven NCAA tournament bids? Because it's still early, so I'm not willing to commit to it yet. But like, man, there are some teams that, that I thought were going to be. This, right? I there are some teams that I thought were going to be much better. That once you watch them with your eyeballs, I'm thinking, I don't know if Ohio State will beat all of these teams. But like, even watching Michigan State, I was like, Ohio State absolutely can hang with Michigan State. Not even a question; they can hang yeah. with them. No, I. Look, I asked you if I if Ohio State being second in the conference was an overreaction. You said yes. I never gave my answer. <laughs> I'm not sure it is. 
Like, I think they could finish second in the conference. Honestly, Purdue might beat every team. And then you have um, – after that, it's a, it's a complete toss-up. I really don't know. Now, there's a lot of teams that I think could figure it out. Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, you know, and then that could change. But as of right now, I, I Ohio State is there's a, there's a there's two teams, maybe three that have outplayed expectations so far. There's like a couple that are just I feel the same about and a lot that have I think been disappointing. Ohio State's in the they're exactly how like where I thought they were to start the season. Right? They they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They lost A&M, that was a toss-up game. They looked okay doing. It. They didn't get ran off the court or anything. They lost by seven, whatever. Um, you know they beat the pants off Merrimack and Western Michigan like they were supposed to. Oakland was kind of a close game, but Oakland's looked pretty good since then. And um, you know it was the first game of the season, so I feel the exact same how I felt about Ohio State going into the season. And there's a lot of teams that I feel a lot lower on. So. I compared this Ohio State team last week to the 2018 team, not in the sense of like who they are, how they play, anything like that. This team doesn't have the key to base Diop or anything like that. But that team in 2018, while they were obviously very talented, you don't go, what were they, like 15-3 in conference? Uh, yeah, I think so. With two I believe so, yeah. State is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, so, yes, you don't go 15-3 without being talented, but that team objectively did benefit from the fact the Big Ten only had four bids that year, which is crazy to think about. Um, it was just a down year for the conference. They benefited from that. And I think this team could, you know, I asked that question to you two weeks ago or a week ago where I was like, you know, is this the case of Ohio State's going to end up benefiting from but the Big Ten might be worse than we think it is, or is Ohio State in that group? And right now I would lean towards, yeah, they're going to benefit from, you know, Maryland isn't as good as I thought. That's probably a, a loss turned to a win, right? Michigan State, I'd chalk that up to a loss. I don't know what that already is. You know, games, even games like uh, at Rutgers and stuff like that, like, no, they're not as scary anymore. Like, there's just – there's certain games that I just think that maybe I tallied as a, as a loss to begin the season that right now I, I, they're more of a toss-up. Yeah, I think all that I've seen through four games is that I don't – I don't think this team is going to be a disaster like last year was when they went 16 and 19. Um, it's like, can this team win 20 games? I think they can win 20 games. So like, I For think, sure. I do not think, I do not think I it's think going to be, oh, a, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a disaster like it was last year. I can like, conf, I can't say confirm. We haven't seen it yet, but I feel pretty darn confident saying that like it's not going to be a disaster like last year. Other than that, I haven't learned a ton about this team but I did feel like I've learned a decent amount about some of the other teams that I thought were going to be really good that I've watched. And I've, I'm like, man, teams that I thought like when Ohio state plays Michigan state, when they play Maryland, when these teams, and I would say home or road doesn't matter. I don't think Ohio state's beating them. Now it's like, I think that they can hang with them. And maybe, like you said, maybe teams that, you would have just chalked up as a loss without too much thinking. Now it's like, Oh, maybe they can, maybe they can steal one against Maryland, except they don't go to Maryland. Um, I still don't think they, I don't think they win in East Lansing anyway, but that's beside the point. Right. And we already talked about the fact that, as you just mentioned, Ohio state's non-conference schedule is very favorable or conference schedule, sorry, is very favorable. So you mix in a favorable schedule with a probably down year in the conference and you kind of run into like, this has to be a good year now. <laughs> like you're kind of hitting like 
you said you're like you think they'll win 20 i'm i'm at the point where like it's a they have to win 20 you know they have to do these they because these quality wins aren't as quality as maybe we thought they might be early on um and that's you know normally like you said that's normally not an issue that you have in the big 10 so that's kind of what you have to maybe now these non-conference games like that alabama games look a little more important because now that's a that's a q1 win that you know a couple of big 10 games you might not get the chance to get so changes a little right like the 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 floor the floor is raising i guess is what i feel like the floor is what i feel like is changing and and i feel like now people can breathe easy that like hey it's it's not going to be a sub 500 season again um we had the western michigan game uh, on on sunday afternoon not like you're not going to learn a ton of in a game where you they were up by 31 the only reason this was a 17 point win was because Kalen Etzler and Bowen Hardman and Austin Parks got in the last few minutes. They played Zed Key and Felix Akpara together for several minutes. Like they, there was a lineup that included Devin Royal, Dale Bonner, Scotty Middleton, Felix Akpara, like that. And that, that is not an offensive lineup. So like the lead shrunk to like 17 or whatever. But like this was an absolute blowout, pretty much from start to finish. Um, so there's not like a ton to take away. No, it was fun to watch. Uh, it was one of those where it's like, it's nice they did it. You know, uh, Western Michigan's bad. Um, it, I put that in the preview. Like there are games against MAC teams that if it's a close game, that if it's kind of a sweater, you don't really worry about. Two years ago against Akron, that was a cl- obviously they won at the last minute. That didn't really bother me because that Akron team was a tournament team. Uh, this is not one of those teams. Western Michigan is not good. Um, but then you look at it, their last game, they played Northwestern, and they Northwestern only beat them by four. So it was like, and Northwestern beat Dayton. So it's like, I know it's it's tough to do that, you know, comparing game stuff, but um, it was nice to just see them put, even the Merrimack game was close at the half. It was nice to finally see them just get out ahead. I think they're up 29 to eight at one point. You know, game this reminded me of was the Northwestern game last year to start the Big Ten season. Just they just beat the brakes off them to start it. You know, second half was kind of a nothing burger. I know people wanted them to finish better. I I don't care how you finish when your finishing lineup includes three walk ons. So, you know, I think Roddy was like, played nine minutes in the second half. Like that's it's gonna happen. It's like They're Bruce back. I don't... Bruce Thornton was like Bruce Thornton was like plus thirty five. Yeah, in the game. Yeah. And like he didn't he didn't play a whole lot in the final ten minutes. So I mean that just goes to show you that like when the starters were in, which is the lineup that they are going to operate with, you know, for the most part, whenever they are actually in a close game, like this game was not competitive. Um we got a first half Bowen Hardman sighting. You know, that's how it's that's it's how game one. It's the coaches recognizing that like, hey, we are gonna win this game. So we want to go ahead and let's let's give Zed and Felix on the floor at the same time. Let's let's do that for like three or four minutes and see how that looks. Let's let's throw a lineup out there with Dale and with Devin Royal and with Scotty and Felix. Um, four guys that you know are not going to be in your top you know four scores and see how it looks um, because it benefits us in the long run to see how that works. Um, even if it means we win this game by seventeen instead of thirty five, like who, who really cares? Um, I thought that Zed, I thought that Zed played the best defense that I've seen. Um, Active hands, man. Active I was, hands. I'm very, I was very concerned. I was very concerned about Zed being able to play defense 
um, at a lighter weight, like not being able to like defend in the post while also still not being fast enough to defend on the perimeter. And if you're a big who can't defend the post and you're too slow to guard the perimeter, like respectfully, what are you really good for? Um, and he had a possession where the guy like tried to like back him down. Um, I forget which guy it was, but he tried to back his Zed down and it didn't work out. So he kept dribbling. He brought it back up to the perimeter and Zed like chased him out to the perimeter. And then the guy tried to back him back down. I mean, he's at like 15 or 16 dribbles now. It was kind of funny. And he gets him back in the post and then he spins and tries to shoot. And then Zed blocks the shot. So he was able to stay with him, move to the perimeter, stay with him, come back inside and still block the shot. Um, he had that block, he had a second block and he had a steal that led to a full court dunk. Like probably the best defense I've seen from Zed in his career. Yeah, he was, he was phenomenal. He's like very, I think it's, I think it's very quietly averaging a double, double. Um, so I've, he's embraced that. Is that 11, 11, 11, 11.8 and 7.3. Wow. He must've had no rebounds in the Western Michigan game then. Cause he was at 12 he had, he had and nine two. going he had into two. it. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. that hurts, but he was at twelve and nine going into it. So, um, you know, he's just he's really done a good job embracing that role off the bench, and you know, coming in when they need him, he's kind of the sixth man. Um, and I think he's just been I think he's just been great in that role, and um, very happy with what I've seen from him early on. And you know, I don't know. There's not much to take away in my opinion from that game. It was just they hit some shots. I know this is looked awesome. So. This um this is going to be old news by the time this comes out, but I do want to say that Indiana is now down seven to Louisville, um and Louisville I believe they did lose to Chattanooga earlier this season, so Indiana is losing to Louisville. Um, Louisville is going to be a really bad team again. Like, I think it's safe to say that like they might only win a couple games in the ACC, um. And Indiana is, they are going to try to fight and scrap and claw for a win over Louisville here um, as the concern grows for Indiana basketball. I mean, hell, man, I've never seen someone save their job like Kenny Payne has the last, this weekend. They're ready to run him out of town. Then they almost beat Texas, and now they might beat Indiana. He's going to save his job in one weekend. Credit to him. Still seven minutes left, Uh, so we'll see. And I guess last thing before we get out of here, um, we're not going to really talk about Oregon or Santa Clara because personally, I don't know anything about Santa Clara and I know very little about Oregon this year. Um, but they do, Ohio state knows they're going to play Alabama on Friday night. And that is going to be a very, very, very tough matchup for the Buckeyes, especially I think Grant Nelson is going to be a tough matchup because I'm not sure who is going to guard Grant Who's going to guard Grant Nelson? And then I guess the second question would be, okay, if you know who's going to guard, like, can they guard him? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Who can effectively guard Grant Nelson on this team? Probably nobody. Yeah, Grant Nelson, uh, for people unaware, North Dakota State transfer, correct? North Dakota State? I believe so. I can yeah. I can. Confirm. He's kind of a unicorn. He's like 6'10 with a, with a, with a, with a pure shot. So um, he's averaging 13.8 and 6.8 this year so far, but then you have Marcus Sears, who's averaging almost 25 and five, basically uh, 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. That is. And then Aaron Estrada, uh, he's a transfer from, I believe where did Estrada come from? 
Hofstra. Hofstra. I knew it was a purple school. Um, so you have Hofstra. Hofstra is Hofstra is blue and yellow, but carry on. No, I'm colorblind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's averaging 15 a game. And then you have uh, Jaron Stevenson, who's a freshman uh, from Chapel Hill, who's averaging 10 a game. So you have, similar to Ohio State, you have uh, four guys in double figures. Kind of cool to see uh, Latrell Wrightsell on that team. Uh, he just transferred to uh, – he transferred to Bam. I covered him in, in high school. So very good player. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, yeah. They're going to be – I mean, they are – very, 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 very good. They, they are Al- breaks off everybody they played, but they haven't played anybody. So, yeah, Ken Palm has Alabama as the number two most efficient offense in the country. They're number six in Ken Palm, number two in adjusted offense, number twenty-two in adjusted defense. I believe in the AP poll they moved up from twenty-two to seventeen this week. Um, yeah, Marcus but- Sears also had a quote saying that he doesn't want to let other teams score over fifty on them, so they definitely are confident. Um, every team has scored 50, though, just to be noted. Every team they've played this year, I'm pretty sure has scored 50. I actually um, think they did hold somebody to 46, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be – they did. have scored – like you said, they haven't played anybody tough yet, but they still – like we talked – like I talked about Iowa, when you're scoring, they're averaging – they are averaging 102 points per game. <laughs> They're averaging 102 points per game. So you'd like to think that even if when they're playing better competition, they're not going to average 102. But damn, you'd like to think that they've they've got their chemistry down. They know what works for them. And they're still going to score a ton of points, even against good teams. I, I just, it's going to be, you know, Roddy Gale lining up with Aaron Estrada, Bruce Thornton lining up with Mark Sears, who is a, an Ohio University awesome. transfer two years yeah, ago. That's going to be an awesome matchup. So much fun. And then I don't know who they roll out, who they use as like a traditional center. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if they really have like a traditional center, but like, I, I'm not sure who, because Grant Nelson is averaging 13.8. I think he was averaging more than that before their most recent game. So he must have had an off night. But like you said, he's a really, he's a very big, he's a tall guy who also can shoot it. Um, He was like a 20 point per game ish score at North Dakota State. And I don't know if Ohio State has anybody that they can guard him with. Maybe like maybe they'll try Evan Mahaffey. But if you want to score points to keep up with Alabama, you probably can't keep Evan Mahaffey on the floor for more than 15 or 20 minutes. So it's going to be a tough matchup. This is – I don't know if this is going to age poorly. Most of my takes have. This could be where I think maybe we see what Scotty Middleton can bring defensively. Just because he's not tall enough, but he is long enough to maybe kind of uh, at least give Grant Nelson some fits. He's quick enough. That's the biggest thing. He can play good enough perimeter defense, and also he's obviously not as much of a liability on offense as Evan Mahaffey is. And which I don't think Evan Mahaffey's been terrible on offense. He's just he is limited at this point. Um, I think there's more upside, obviously, with Scotty. So I think Scotty Milton could be a a huge player in this game. Now, I don't love any time you're relying on a freshman to be a big player in a big game like this, but we'll see. Right. Like, that's that's a huge assignment if that's what, if they do try that at some point. And it's just like you can't – The big the big question can't. is can Jamison Battle play some defense? I mean, that's, if, if Jamison Battle can actually play some defense and be effective, that would be ginormous because you need him on <laughs> the field floor yeah. for 35 minutes. Now, the question is 
can he? I don't know. <laughs> See, and I intentionally I didn't even suggest him because yeah. like I would I would be some he is Grant Nelson sized. Like if he was a better defender, like that's a good matchup, but he's not a good defender. Yeah. And so like I don't even I don't even think they'll try it. So I, that's what I'm saying. Like so you don't you really don't you really don't want like a freshman like Biscotti. You don't want to have to hope and pray that Scotty Middleton can stop him. You also don't want to leave Evan Mahaffey on the floor for probably more than 20 minutes in a game where you're going to have to probably score 75 points minimum to win this game. I will say, so, though, if you, if you can keep a lineup out there of, like, Gordon Gale, Mahaffey, Battle, Zed Key, then I don't think Mahaffey's limitations on offense is that big of a deal because you have four other guys that can score the ball. Now, when you get into the weird lineups of like Bonner, Middleton, Mahaffey, Akpar, and it's like, okay, who is scoring on this team? Um, that's a whole different thing. But that's I think you just have to kind of hide Mahaffey in a lineup of really good scorers and hope Mahaffey can play the defense that, I mean, what you brought him in to do. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think Ohio State, if I had to give a guess, I do not think they win the game against Alabama. Um, my guess is they probably lose the opening game against Alabama and then they will probably win their second game on that is on Saturday, which will start right after the Ohio state Michigan uh, football game. That's my guess. Which Connor also has Ohio state losing by the way. So Connor has Ohio state having a great athletic weekend. Yeah, we can, I was going to close with that. If you're ready, we can give our (laughs) predictions for that. We can give our predictions for the, for the game because yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a broken man. I'm definitely a humbled and broken man from the last two years. <laughs> yeah, you want to go first? You're the negative one. I have a winning. So yeah, sure. I've got. I've got. Um, I think right now I've got Mich- Michigan 24, Ohio State 17. Um, That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I could see that. I was at. I was at 24 14 before they threw Harbaugh in prison, or I guess he died actually. Like <laughs> yeah, the way yeah. that they're acting. Jim Harbaugh's dead. Okay. I say. I actually had 24 14 before Jim Harbaugh passed away. Um. They're, now, they're, 20... they're saying they're Jerome Moore's crying about saying this is for you for Jim Harbaugh while he's got his feet up at a five-star hotel eating king crab legs. It's crazy what's happening <laughs> right now. So yeah, him him passing away to me was a three-point swing. So I I went 24-17. Um Michigan, again, hope I'm wrong. Would love to be wrong. Um, but it just each of the last two years. Each of the last two years, Ohio State fans have been very confident that they're gonna beat Michigan. Two years ago, if they're confident because that's just a way of life. Last year, it was like, oh, you just wait till we get you at your place. We're going to get you back. And then Ohio State got absolutely shellacked again. So I'm just I'm just preparing myself to be hurt again. And I'm just I'm just not super confident. I'm confident Ohio State's not going to get blown out. That that's about it. So I have Ohio State winning. I had a 31-17. I pulled it down to 28-17. I think this is going to be a Trey Henderson and Marvin Harrison masterclass. I'm real I've always been very high on Trey Henderson, uh, even when people hated him last year. Now the world is coming back around. Oh, shocker, someone being hurt actually affects their performance. Wow, I didn't see that coming. Anyway, now that he's healthy, people are coming back around. Um, I think the difference in this game is the fact that. Kind of the same difference in the Penn State game. One team has Marvin Harrison Jr. and one team does not. And I think that's going to make for the difference. I think McCord and JJ is kind of a wash. I think they're both good. I don't think either of them are great. So I'll wash that one. I think the defenses are both pretty elite. So kind of wash that. 
but uh, Ohio State has has eighteen. So, all right. Well, that'll wrap the basketball and the football for this week. So, if you found us on the website, uh, make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you get your music and podcasts. Make sure you get notified um, when we put out new podcasts every week, as well as all of the football content that the Land Grant Podcast Network is putting out. Um, you're getting at least two episodes per day from Land Grant on football slash basketball, as well as most of the press conferences from men's and women's basketball, as well as football. Um, I mean, there's just plenty of stuff that's on there that you can listen to on your drive to work or if you work from home or all kinds of stuff going on. You've got all kinds of stuff to listen to there. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, when it comes to covering Ohio State as a whole, I don't think anybody does it better than us. Maybe the Lantern, just because like that's the student organization that you know they give every every sport some love. We're covering wrestling. We're covering golf. Obviously, Thomas Costello covers women's basketball better than anybody. We got you on the men's basketball side. Obviously, we got you with the football content. I'm writing up a piece now. Top eight individual performances for Ohio State ever against Michigan. That's kind of been really fun to research. Um, so if you're listening to this on Wednesday when or Thursday when this drops, when do we drop this Thursday? Thursday. Yeah. Do you have Chris Olave? Do you have Chris Olave in there somewhere from like five years ago? He's close. I don't know if he'll make the cut. When he blocked that punt and hit a touchdown. Yeah, it's close. There's like, there's obvious ones like Troy Smith in 06, Haskins in 18, Chris Spielman had a game where he had like 37 something tackles. David Boston had a game. He had like 10 catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. There's been a lot of really good performances in this game. Uh, what's his head? The running backs on there. He had a huge game. Uh, JK Dobbins. Sorry. Jesus. So yeah, there's a Olave. That performance is close. It might make the list. Might not. I'm wondering if we're literally in our closing and then we just start talking about, it. I'm wondering if Carnell <laughs> Tate has a big game. I'm wondering if Carnell Tate has a big game. In, in this iteration of the game, kind of like Olave did, which was Olave's coming out party. Yeah, coming out um, party. I actually, I think... 20, would... 2018, whatever it was. 19, I think. Um, I don't think it, it, it wouldn't be his coming out party, obviously. I think Emeka Ibuka is going to have a huge game as well. I think he's he's healthy again. So much attention on Harrison. I think that Ibuka kind of... Not in the same way as the Notre Dame game, just because I think Harrison's going to have a big game too. But... um. But I think Igbuka is going to have a big game. Kind of, I mean, kind of like last year, he played well. So we'll see. I, I just, want these, I, I want, I just want these. Do- I'm so sick of the conversation around this game and the conversation around Michigan and blah 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 blah. I just want these dudes. I just want to see 22 dudes on the field playing 60 minutes of football. That's all I want. Saturday can't come quick enough. This is always such a long week. Because I love Feast Week. And like like you said, this is genuinely one of the best weeks of sports there is. You got college basketball all day, every day. You got Thanksgiving NFL. You've got rivalry week. I didn't say that great. Uh, this weekend, you know, you got the Iron Bowl, which is going to stink. But it's still, you know, Alabama, Auburn is still kind of fun. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we got Monday Night Football tonight. Eagles Chiefs, that's a big one. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, yeah. it's not a real Saturday until you've got twenty two dudes. Amen. Be honest. Uh, yeah, you Go can. Uh, I don't know how many things you plugged because I wasn't exactly listening. But uh, you can follow us at Bucketheads LGPN on Twitter. Uh, sometimes I engage a lot. Sometimes I don't. I don't like when people yell at me, so I try not to engage too much anymore or defend. I should say, 
uh, because people don't yell at you for, they only yell at you for positive affirmation for some reason, which is a weird thing that we do now. Um, if I tweeted, everybody sucks, people wouldn't yell at me as much as I say, everybody doesn't suck. That should be backwards, but we live in kind of a negative world, Connor. So people yell at you for defending your favorite team nowadays. Oh, call me crazy. Um, and yeah, where are you? Where are you? You can you can follow me at Lamons underscore Connor on Twitter L E M O N S underscore Connor. Um, I don't feed the trolls as much as Justin, but I do occasionally feed the trolls. I'll hand them you know a little nibble every now and then. So anyway, I, we appreciate like you guys. Have, you for... know, I like to have discourse. It doesn't always have to be you know. Oh, I think you're stupid, and oh, I think you're dumb. Like oh, maybe we can just talk about basketball for a second. Why is it always got to be dumb losers? You know, it's weird. That's why I try to like. Everyone's like, Chris Holman's a stupid fucking loser. It's like, well, you don't got to say that. That's rude. That's mean. Yeah. Justin will bring the numbers. Like when somebody said he's never won anything. So literally, it's so much fun. Somebody said he's never won anything. And, you know, Justin responded with, I'm pretty sure he just won a game yesterday. So, hey, there's one win. So you're wrong. Anyway, thanks for listening to if you got to this point. We appreciate it. Um, Have a great weekend. Watch the football game. Watch the basketball games. It's a great, great week for sports. Great weekend for sports. God help us if we lose to Michigan again this weekend. I'm going to need medical assistance if that's the case. Anyway, have a great weekend. Go Bucks.